Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the parables of Jesus, and we're in the 18th chapter of Luke. And at the beginning of that chapter, we saw the parable that Jesus gave about the widow who was uh, very persistent before the judge. Remember that judge, he did not fear God, and he did not respect man. But he gave the widow what she wanted because she was so persistent and demanded for it, right? She wanted uh, justice. And then we saw uh, Jesus gave a parable about the uh, Pharisee that was praying that he's so glad he wasn't like the rest of these people and the tax collector that humbled himself before God. And flowing through the entire chapter, we see that uh, uh, people were bringing children to Jesus, okay? And, and the disciples were rebuking the people for that. In other words, don't bother the master with this, but Jesus says, no, 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 no. You have to enter the kingdom of God in, this, in a childlike manner like this. And then Jesus uh, was questioned by a rich young ruler. Remember that? What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus uh, answered his question, but then Jesus told the folks and told the man himself that it's hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. It's not impossible, but you cannot depend upon your riches. Okay. So uh, the last couple of verses, verse 29 of that particular encounter, Jesus says this, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God who will not receive many times as much at this time and in the age to come eternal life. So this is in response to Jesus, Peter looking at Jesus and saying, hey, we left our house and we followed you. And Jesus was saying, yeah, I know, I know. And you're going to be blessed for that now and you'll be blessed for it in the age to come and with eternal life. Then the next verse, verse 31, Luke 18 says this, then Jesus took the 12 aside and said to them. So he takes the 12 disciples aside. Now remember, one of these 12 is Judas, okay? Sometimes we forget this, that when it says the 12, it's including the one who was uh, not of them. How do I know he's not of them? Because of what happened at the end, okay? So he took the 12 aside and he said to them, Behold, we're going up to Jerusalem. And all things which are written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. And so Jesus is telling them some things. He has told them already twice that he's going to die. The things that you see happening when they go from step to step to step here, particularly in Luke, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's working his way to Jerusalem. You see that in the Gospels. And so now he takes them aside and he says, you know what? We're going up to Jerusalem, up from the point of view of elevation. We're going to Jerusalem, and all the things which were written through the prophets about the Son of Man will be accomplished. So he's the Son of Man. He describes himself as the Son of Man. They would have understood that part, okay? And he's telling them, the things that have been prophesied about me, they're going to be accomplished. And the next two verses are one sentence, and Jesus is zeroing in on some of these things that were prophesied about him. So Jesus continues to speak here, verse 32. For he, that's the Son of Man, 
will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will kill him. And the third day he will rise again. So Jesus is giving them some tremendous detail, which we'll come back and look at in just a moment. What do you think the response of the disciples were? We really don't even have to think about it. The next verse tells us, verse 34. But the disciples understood none of these things. And the meaning of the statement was hidden from them. And they did not comprehend the things that were said. So Jesus is telling them some things here. And they didn't understand it. Why did they not understand it? Because it was hidden from them. Well, who hid it from them, right? Who has the power to do that? Well, we actually see it in Scripture. In Proverbs 25, 2, a really amazing little proverb says this. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings is to search out a matter. And so it tells us that God will conceal a matter. He will tell us something and will conceal some things within that telling of it. That's really what happens with the parables, is it not? But it's the glory of the kings to search out a matter. Even to this day, the Lord is his glory to conceal a matter. But those who are believers, it's the glory of those who are believers to search out a matter. Now, why would the Lord tell them something at this time, but then conceal it from him and they not comprehend it? Well, the reason is the day would come when they would comprehend it, when they would understand what he said, they would understand what occurred. If nothing else, when it was said and done, they could look back and see that verses 32 and 33 had been prophesied by the Lord himself and things had worked out exactly that way. He was about to be handed over to the Gentiles. He would be mocked. He would be mistreated. He would be spit upon. Uh, Peter was an eyewitness to all these things. <clears throat> they would scourge him, and they would kill him. And here, in Luke, it says, the third day he will rise again, that Jesus would rise from the dead. Every bit of this, they would see, after it was said and done, they would comprehend. The Lord was telling them, but at this moment, he was hiding it from him, the fullness of the understanding of what was happening. Now, it says here, on the third day, he will rise again. What does that mean? People get sort of distracted by this kind of thing. This is the reason you need to know the totality of what Scripture says about a matter. Because a lot of times people will lock into this one verse right here and say, okay, this means that on, on the third day, Jesus rose again. And so that means that Jesus was crucified on Friday. That's the first day. Uh, they was in the tomb on Saturday. That's the second day. Sunday's the third day. And he was raised again from the dead on the third day. Well, if you had just this verse, you, you would think that. But if you go back, I think it's in Matthew, where uh, uh, some of the religious rulers come up to Jesus, and they say, we want a sign, we want a sign to prove you know, that you really are who people are saying that you are. And Jesus says, the only sign that you're going to get <coughs> is the sign of Jonah. And the sign of Jonah, Jesus says, that uh, as Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so will the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth. See, Jesus clarifies it for us. It's not that what Luke said right here is wrong. No, it literally means the idea after the third day. It's not on the third day. It's after the third day. 
It can be interpreted either way, but we go back and look at another portion of Scripture where Jesus says, point blank, three days and three nights. That's a Judaism, a Hebrewism for the fullness of the days. It's going to be three full days and three full nights. And that gets in the whole thing of how uh, Jesus was actually crucified on the 14th day in the sun. He was the sacrificial lamb. And then when the sun goes down, it becomes the 15th day of the sun, which is the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which was a high holy day, a Sabbath day. That's the reason they had to get Jesus off the cross, because the next day was the Sabbath. It wasn't the weekly Sabbath. It was the Sabbath of the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread on the 15th day of the sun. As far as our calendar, Jesus was crucified on Wednesday afternoon and died at 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock Wednesday afternoon. So, Jesus told them right here, point blank, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be handed over to the Gentiles. I'm going to be mocked, mistreated, spit upon, scourged, and then they're going to kill me. But after the third day, I will rise again. This is actually the third time that he had told them about his death. He didn't leave them abandoned without knowledge, without information. <clears throat> they didn't have complete understanding about all things, but he had told them what was going to occur. You know, sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? Well, again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. I'll see you in the next episode.